This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Libby is on assignment this week. She returns on Wednesday of next. I am really excited about today's show, not just because we're hitting the hot topics of the day, as we do every day, but because one of those topics is near and dear to our hearts here at Zoomer Radio. Make sure you're still around until 1 o'clock, because in the second half hour, we're going to be talking about the so-called baby it's cold outside controversy. Zoomer Radio is not removing the holiday classic from our playlist, but we seem to be among the exceptions. Was this the right decision? You'll have a chance to voice your approval or disapproval with our music programming consultant, Larry McInnes. Again, that's in the second half hour. First, though, another hot topic, the Hydro One Avista controversy that's now dogging Premier Doug Ford at Queen's Park. The Premier is insisting he is not to blame for U.S. regulators putting an end to Hydro One's $6.7 billion takeover of Avista Corp., which will cost Ontario taxpayers $130 million in cancellation fees and reduced share value. The statement from Ford goes on to read, and I'm paraphrasing here, that he's kept his promise to Ontario voters by getting rid of former Hydro One CEO Mayo Schmidt. He's reducing hydro rates and says yesterday's news from the U.S. does not change his focus on bringing down hydro rates and protecting the people of Ontario. The Premier goes on to say this deal would have done nothing to lower hydro rates for Ontario residents. What do you think? Do you buy Doug Ford's explanation and reasoning for this failed takeover? 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And to help you better form your opinion, joining us in studio is independent energy expert Tom Adams. Welcome, Tom. Thank you. And on the phone, NDP opposition critic Peter Tabbins. Hi, Peter. Hey, Jane. Good to be on the show. Thanks for inviting me. Great to have you here. We also reached out to the progressive conservatives, but they did not have anyone available for us to talk to this hour. So we did try to uh, have that voice as well. Tom, let's start at the beginning. Tell us what this proposed takeover would have been about and what it would have meant to Ontario taxpayers. Okay, so um, back in the middle of 2017, Hydro One announced that they were uh, um, uh, going to buy out a large uh, uh, utility in the United States. They're into gas and electricity, power generation, transmission, distribution, um, uh, called Avista. They, um, uh, the deal would see Hydro One pay a huge premium over the stock price. Um, um, uh, there were, I think, a lot 
lot of people trying to figure out why Hydro One was paying so much at the time. Um, uh, but the you know the the deal proceeded. It went through uh, regulatory proceedings in the different states where uh, Hydro One has been where where Avista is active. And uh, so yesterday, the 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 state with the largest portion of Avista's assets is Washington State. Their uh, regulator came down with the decision. And um, the decision uh, was informed by a lot of uh, local opposition to the deal. Um, um, but the decision itself uh, is a very powerful, thoughtful document. Um, uh, they, they, um, uh, the, the regulators there drew attention to the fact that Hydro One had assured them that there would be no political interference, that the utility would be run independently in a business-like fashion, um, uh, that they could focus on providing good service to the customers in Washington State. And um, soon after those assurances were made to the uh, regulator, um, the the whole governance scramble that we've seen here in Ontario in the fallout to the Ontario election where Doug Ford fired the CEO, um, uh, that caused the bond market uh, and the, the bond rating agencies to um, uh, to um, raise the cost of borrowing, and uh, that had a very negative effect on the utility. All of that transpired in front of the regulators' eyes just when they were told that there was going to be no interference. And so they called quits on the whole thing, uh, brought down a decision saying, basically, we can't trust the Ontario government to run this utility in a businesslike fashion. It's a good document. And is that a good decision? Was that the right decision for Avista, for uh, uh, the customers of Avista, really? Oh, I, 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 th- I think it's it's very difficult to argue with the decision. It's a it's it's a it's it's a short decision. Uh, um, it's it's very powerfully argued. They they draw attention to these contradictions. Uh, uh, you know, where they were provided assurances that the utility was going to be run in a business like fashion. Then it became obvious that that's not what's going on in Ontario. Um, uh, and and you know so the the um, the regulator expressed this in very clear language. Um, uh, so I, you know, Hydro One has an opportunity to appeal. It would be a very difficult thing to appeal, you know, because I mean the the the, the problems of Ontario's electricity situation, you know, are so obvious. Um, uh, you know, here's a, a regulator in another jurisdiction pointing out, gee, you know, that th- those people don't seem to have their act together. Maybe we. You shouldn't rely on them for our electricity supply. Okay, so had Premier Ford not fired Mayo Schmidt or forced him to resign, and then had the rest of the board not been forced to resign, uh, what would that deal have meant to us if it had gone through? Would that would have, would that would have benefited us financially? Uh, well, it, if. In the utility world, um, uh, each jurisdiction should stand on its own merits. Um, uh, so if one utility buys out another utility, um, uh, uh, the, the, the rate impact um, of those acquisitions, so you know, when there's these mergers and acquisitions going on, the, the real focus of attention when one utility buys another is how the target customers, the the newly acquired customers are going to be treated. Um, Now, 
That, so, you know, the, Hydro One had made assurances that they were going to bring some modest rate benefits to the customers in Washington State. And, you know, the regulator recognized that. They just said those, the risks of doing business with Hydro One were too much. Um, uh, now, on the other hand, if Hydro One is a successful company and they're bringing in new assets, um, they're profitable, they're uh, able to achieve economies of scale, um, uh, they're, they're uh, getting better value out of their managerial uh, skills and whatnot, demonstrating their capabilities. Long term, that's a good thing for, for uh, customers within the host utility. Um, we really want to be served by utilities that are that have proven competence. Okay, and, and so there was no direct uh, uh, benefit to Hydro One, uh, you know, bringing home uh, profits from Washington in order to buy down rates here in Ontario. That was never part of the plan, and, and so you know when the premier says, "Oh well, there was going to be no profits coming home to buy down rates here in Ontario." That's kind of missing the point. That's not really what this was ever about in the first place. It just would have made Hydro One more reputable as a global electricity provider. Yeah, that's right. And one thing to appreciate about the electricity business, it's very capital intensive. So if you're able to acquire debt, if you're a, if you are a dependable borrower, and um, uh, and the bond market has a lot of confidence in you, that's good for your customers long term. Um, uh, you know, so a stable, a, a capable, a, you know, a company that can deliver on its promises that's a that's a really wonderful thing, right? You know, and we'd we'd like to have uh, you know our our utility service providers able to perform on that kind of a level. Hydro One's not in that category. Okay, let's go to the NDP opposition critic, Peter Tabbins. Peter, where did the New Democrats stand on this particular deal? Well, we never thought that Hydro One should have been sold off, frankly. It should have stayed in public hands. And its whole focus needs to be, needed to be, on the customers in Ontario. That's what Ontario needs. Uh, it's what I hear from my constituents. They are not interested in us going off and buying companies in other parts of the world. They're interested in a focus on their hydro rates and on their lives. So I I never agreed with the Liberals on this, and I never agreed with their strategy. But what's interesting is that as bad as I thought they were, Doug Ford has made it even worse. Now we're on the hook for $103 million payment, which is going to be part of people's hydro bills in the future. Uh, we've got a, a premier who is very happy for personal reasons to mess in with the management of our hydro utilities. He's done this with Hydro One, uh, and Tom didn't get into it, but as you're probably well aware, um, there's reportedly a big fight going on right now over who will run Hydro One in future uh, with the premier. Uh, reportedly trying to get his good friend Anthony Haynes to be head of Hydro One. Well, uh, Anthony Haynes, who's head of Toronto Hydro, was a man who saw his salary go up dramatically uh, under the Ford watch. Uh, not good news for us here in Toronto, not good news for us here in Ontario. And a man whose office, again, according to Globe and Mail reports, intervened at our Ontario power generation to get someone fired the day they started work there because of uh, some bad history with the Ford regime, costing us up to a half million dollars. I mean, what we've got is a, a premier who's meddling in for his own personal needs and interests in a variety of places. 
that are causing problems for us, expenses for us, that are going to be paid out of people's pockets. Right. So I, I think there's uh, the liberal mistakes, bad, and then Doug Ford making things even worse. Now, uh, Tom Adams, what Peter is saying there about the $130 million in taxpayers here being on the hook for that, or that being uh, part of bills going forward, uh, the Premier is saying that, in fact, is not the case, that the focus is still to bring down hydro rates and protect the people of Ontario. He's not addressing the $103 million, but tell us how that's going to be applied to us in terms of a deficit. Oh, yeah. So Hydro One's definitely on the hook for, you know, a penalty, uh, a break fee associated with the failed transaction. Um, uh, But just stepping back to, you know, and, and, you know, ultimately, that's a that's a cost that that comes out of uh, Ontario, whether uh, Ontario citizens, whether as ratepayers or taxpayers. Um, But let me just go back to some of the comments that Peter was making about governance, uh, I, I, across the board, <laughs> endorse Peter's concerns here uh, about this governance situation. W- one thing to observe about what's going on at Hydro One is that, uh, whereas Mayo Schmidt left in the summer, um, uh, you know, many months have transpired, and we still don't have a CEO. So we've got a, a multi-billion-dollar corporation here. It's providing uh, direct service to uh, uh, over a million customers directly as dis- distribution customers. It provides a, a, a transmission service to literally everyone in, in the province. This is a critical uh, asset, and it doesn't. it's uh, operating as a decapitated corporation with no CEO. It's just a completely intolerable governance uh, uh, failure on behalf of the Ford government. Yeah, you can't you can't run these multi-billion dollar corporations like they're Ford's personal sandbox. I mean, that that's really bad news for Ontario, really bad for people who have to pay their hydro bills every month, and bad news for our reputation. I get calls from American business journalists saying, what's going on up there? What's going on up there? I mean, it's interesting to me that the regulator came out with their decision the other day, but I was talking to an LA-based reporter a few days ago who said, we're trying to figure out what's going on in Ontario. We've never seen this kind of intervention in the operation of a corporation. And uh, he and I had talked about an earlier story. He never heard of uh, Premier intervening reportedly to get a friend of his to be head of a major utility. Uh, that, that has got to worry everybody in Ontario. Okay, so tell us more about the, um, the allegations here of his friend now uh, ready and poised to be CEO of Hydro One. Um, h- how much validity is there to that? What is the timeline on that? What are you hearing, Peter? Well, I, I can go by the published reports in the Globe and Mail that there's an ongoing fight on the board of directors with Doug Ford wanting to get Anthony Haynes, who's currently the head of Toronto Hydro, appointed to be head of Hydro One. Um, as you know, there are a lot of problems with Toronto Hydro. It's gotten very bad ratings for its operations from the Ontario Energy Board. Uh, and there is no reason that you would have him come over. This is a man who made sure his salary went up dramatically uh, when he was at the City of Toronto as head of Toronto Hydro, uh, aided and abetted, might I say, by Doug Ford. Um, Doug apparently seems to be concerned about high salaries when they're going to people who are not connected to him and very happy when they're going to people who are connected to him. Uh, so 
we've got a utility Toronto Hydro that gets bad ratings. You've got a friend of Ford who's interested in being the CEO, who Ford wants to have as the CEO, and you've got a fight going on on the board of directors. It's interesting to me that regulators didn't make reference to that. Or maybe that was on their minds when they made the decision that there was going to be an awful lot of interference. So I, I think we, you can't have Ontario run this way. It's bad news, whether you're on the left or the right. You have to have some sort of professional business-like approach to things, and clearly Ford doesn't have that. Tom Adams, do you want to add to that? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, again, there, there are a lot of topics that Peter and I disagree on, but this one, you know, um, uh, the the concerns about, uh, you know, the simply shifting the, the current CEO from Toronto Hydro over to uh, Hydro One, the, the, it's, it's not simply that um, Anthony Haynes is the highest paid municipal employee in Canada, um, um, but here's a guy who um, got caught out uh, um, with a, a fake CV. Uh, um, There's been a major, major uh, uh, problems with Hydro, or, uh, Toronto Hydro's uh, 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 capital spending programs. Um, uh, the, the utility charges by far the highest distribution rates of any urban distribution utility in the province. So, you know, we... To to just simply map onto uh, the the much bigger scaled Hydro One, uh, you know the kind of uh, nonsense that's happened that's been tolerated for so long at Toronto Hydro just it, it just boggles the mind that that would be you know Ford's choice. All right, you're listening to Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. Jane Brown for Libby's Nimer. Tom Adams is here, independent electricity expert and the opposition critic uh, for the NDP on the energy file. Peter Tabin. I know you want to get in on the conversation as well. 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Let's go to Tony in St. Catharines. Tony, go ahead. Thank you for taking me. Well, whatever Doug Ford does is good enough for me because he's doing a great job. And forget about these NDP guys. They're all a bunch of sore losers because they never got in. And it doesn't matter what Doug does, you know, it's never good enough for anybody. You wait and see what he's going to do in Montreal today. That's all I can say. Yes, yeah, so you're referencing the fact that he wants the agenda set uh, to his liking and he wants the Prime Minister to speak to him on, on the issues that are important to Doug Ford. Uh, yeah, like, what I'm trying to say is give him a chance. Like, he's a good guy. I met him at the uh, rally there out there in Niagara. He's a great guy. You shake his hand, you look in his eyes. He's a good guy. He's for the people, for Ontario first. But aren't you starting to get a little bit concerned about all of no. these allegations about him putting his friends in high places? Well, would you rather have somebody you don't know to run a big corporation? If he thinks he's got a buddy or a cousin or a distant amigo, wouldn't it be better for him to hire somebody that is going to do the job than get a stranger or somebody else to do it? I mean, well, I mean that's nepotism, right? That's that's well, not appropriate. Well, for me it is. I'd rather have somebody running my... If I was ill and I have a corporation, I'd, I'd rather have somebody that knows what they're doing. Yeah, but to- Tony, that's your corporation. That's your decision. But this is a public corporation. Yeah, it's the yeah, government of Ontario. I, but I'm a payer of hydro, too. Like, I pay hydro bills also. You know what I mean? Okay. Give well, I appreciate I appreciate your opinion. I'll get some rebuttal here. You made a comment there about the NDP. So, uh, Peter Tabins, uh, to that comment, and we hear that comment a lot from fans of Premier Ford. Well, 
fans of Premier Ford are going to have their opinions, and, and that's their business and their right. But when it comes to hydro, you want professionals running these utilities. You don't want someone who's hired because they're a loyal buddy. Uh, and when you've got someone whose track record has got all kinds of questions attached to it, whose big interest in the past has been making their salary bigger, uh, and whose utility gets rated badly, um, by provincial regulators, then you have to ask yourself, is this person being hired to actually make hydro run well or to make sure that someone is covering uh, Doug Ford's tracks when he wants to mess around in the hydro sandbox? And by, I, and by the way, Peter, what would be the incoming salary for the next CEO of Hydro One? Well, that's a really good question, and that hasn't been stated publicly. I mean, there have been rumors, but, you know, frankly... There hasn't been any public statement on that, and I, I look forward to seeing it. I, I imagine Anthony Haynes, if he's the one who actually gets the job, is not going to come in for less than a million bucks a year. Uh, and it may be a lot more, because it's, as we've seen with these compensation packages for CEOs, there are all kinds of ways you can set it up to hide what money is coming into people's pockets. Uh, Mayor Schmidt was getting $6 million a year. Uh, I would be surprised if they weren't looking at a comparable package. And maybe just to save face for Doug Ford, they'd pay him, you know, five million five hundred thousand a year with bonuses on top. Uh, Jane, we don't know that. All, all we do know is if you're going to have this corporation run, you want it based, you want it run by people who are professionals who aren't getting the job because they're somebody's buddy getting the job because they're seen to be really capable and actually able to deliver the goods. And I just noted another thing. Ford's been in power, oh, what, since June 8th now. Um, I haven't seen any initiatives to reduce hydro bills. Have, you know, your callers can call in and tell us, have you seen your hydro bills go down since Doug Ford was elected? Well, and, and that, that is something, um, Peter, that I'd like to ask Tom Adams as well. Have the PCs done anything substantial to begin to reduce hydro rates? Well, uh, um, you know, the the best argument, uh, you know, to defend the Ford record would be the uh, instance early on in the mandate where they uh, um, chopped uh, uh, something like 758 contracts where there was um, a, a right for the provincial side of that contract to back away. Uh, um, and the, there were projects that were not yet complete. That would have been very expensive power. And um, uh, and, and and so it was, it's a good thing that those, those contracts disappeared. But w- one thing to appreciate about that is if you translate the annual savings from from that initiative into uh, rate savings for customers at the end of the day, it's only about uh, something less than 0.2%. Uh, so it's, it's very small potatoes. Uh, but if you look at other initiatives that they've pursued in, in the energy space, both in electricity and natural gas, I think there are a lot major questions about where this, where this government is going. Okay. Okay, let's get back to the phones. Alma in Kitchener, go ahead. What would you like to add? Hi, how are you today? Fine, thanks. What's on your mind? Yeah, I was, I'm listening to your conversation. And you know what? Uh, this uh, what Ford came in, and now he brings his, all his buddy inside it. This is a government job. Canada is a multinational country. Each and everybody has a right to get a government job. 
He can't bring his buddies and through word of mouth, through bottom, get him a job. This is not right. All right, Alma, thanks for your call. Let's go to Al in Brantford. What do you have to say about this topic? My question would be to Peter Tobbins. It was Peter Tobbins' party that supported Wynne that started the mess with Hydro now. And when the Conservatives wanted to have an election after McGinty left, it was Peter Tobbins' party that kept her in, as I said. And that is the outflow of what we've got with the problem with Hydro now. All right, Peter, what do you say to that? Um, we went and talked to an awful lot of people in Ontario when we made decisions to go forward on a minority basis. And most people didn't want an election. And I, that's, that's straightforward enough, Jane. I'm no fan of the Liberals. I fought every election since 2006 to defeat them, and I'm going to continue uh, to have them in my sights because I don't think they should be the government of this province. Okay, final comments on this issue. Uh, the Hydro One failed takeover of a Vista Corporation in the United States. We need to change topics. Uh, Peter, over to you quickly. Yeah, it's pretty clear that Doug Ford's action are going to cost people over $100 million. It's going to be on their hydro bills. Uh, he's not actually going to be helping us cut our bills. He's going to be increasing our costs. And Tom Adams. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot to learn from the um, sensible comments coming from the regulator in, in Washington. I, I, I just wish that we had in Ontario, um, uh, you know, public, public agencies like the Washington regulator prepared to stand up for uh, customers here. All right. Thank you both. Energy critic Tom Adams and NDP opposition critic Peter Tabins. Thanks, Jane. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.